Hi, I'm Otto. Welcome to Ellen Sarah's podcast. This episode is it's it's we've never done an episode like this before with female founders who are front-facing, they're public CEOs of a, you know, massive I think company, $6 massive, billion company. Massive company. Um, Heather Hassan and Trina Spear, you know, mm-hmm. they're trailblazers in the $12 billion U.S. medical apparel industry. Um, the company went public in May, and it was the first ever IPO for a firm led by two yeah. it's a really good female co-founders. It's a great episode to listen to for career advice, um, how to build face a brand challenges, building a brand, uh, the zigzags that your career can take. And they also address the controversy that surrounded their company about a year ago that a lot of people wrote in to us about, you know, having strong opinions on. And so we really believe that everybody should have an opportunity to explain their side of something. And hopefully people listen to it and feel, you know, like they got a, a different perspective. These are two like just boss. These are, these are, these women are just inspiring they are, they are humble. They are, they're just. They're a great hang. They're a great yeah. hang. So it's a very uh, inspirational episode. And um, and I, what I love Hope you're most, enjoying your walk right now yeah. or your drive in the car. And I hope our voices are soothing to you. And I think that you should really just be on this ride with us. But what I love the oh. most is that okay. their story really aligns with the thesis of our podcast, we talk all the time about finding your passion sort of later in life and finding yourself in a career or doing the thing you wanted to do a little bit later in life. These two women were in totally different fields before coming together in their late 20s, early 30s Mm -hmm. to start this business. All right, Sarah, why don't you wrap it on up because people are about to listen to the episode and they might only have like a 45-minute drive in them or, you know, they don't want to walk for two hours. Yeah, well, okay. Okay. The sun is setting. I had to just get my words in because you, you know. The walk, it's getting cold out. The jacket isn't tangent. providing enough heat anymore. And the dog is ready to go back inside. So. All right, enjoy this episode. We loved it. I just want you guys to know that Aaron loves to monopolize a conversation. Mm. And I've made it- I wouldn't categorize it that way. I've made it very clear that we are speaking with two women where she should just listen. You know, we should just- I want to be really clear that I plan on having a podcast alone without Sarah one day. And I'd like to have you guys as guests on that podcast. What are we going to call it, Aaron? Um, I think the three of us should come up with a name. We should probably start a company together too without Sarah. Well, that's not happening. Um, I do want to know, I want to remember why, how you guys know each other and got together. Cause I believe I was supposed to be there and then I like couldn't come or something. And then all of a sudden you like just dove right into this friendship. That's not actually what happened at all. Um, so this is how we met. Trina, I would imagine you could like concur that this is what happened. Um, I slid into Trina's DMs, just slid right in. I was, I was, um, Is that true? Yeah. Because it was the best moment of my life. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I was like, is this real? I thought it was, you know, a fake Sarah Foster. I did not think it was actually you. Um, Wait, but- why were you so excited to get a DM from Sarah? Did you uh, follow her? Okay. No, I'm, I'm curious what her context for you was. I have been following both of you. Yes. And um, I think Heather has too, even though she probably, she's cool, more cool about it. Um, I'm pretty sure so, I forced yeah, Heather I to follow me when we had lunch. I like forced her to follow me. No, I think I was already following. Well, no, 
I mean, I think we, if I'll just speak for myself, I think the two of you are such, uh, understand this culture of the world that we live in. I think you're hysterical. And after a, um, I think, you know, and you're entrepreneurs as well. I think after a long day facing the challenges that you face to, to pop on Instagram and see what's going on in, in both of your lives. It's amazing. And so I was, I've always been a fan. That's really nice. Okay. So everybody was talking about figs, right? Like the IPO and we're going to get to all that. Well, but- hold on. Let's, we need to have a better follow through of information. Okay. Cause we're going to take ourselves a little bit. We're going to do this more seriously because we have, you know, some real business women here and we want to have a good flow today in our episode. So if you do not know what figs is, but you should, uh, well, I don't want to mess it up, but it is medical grade clothing for doctors and nurses to wear, but like cool and yeah, modern and think- comfortable and affordable and doesn't wrinkle, by the way, and which accessible? we have to discuss. It's like a patented uh, fabric, right? This shit does not wrinkle because I've tried. I've like wrapped it like hardcore and it does not wrinkle. Yeah, I mean the way I, the way I describe it is, um, you know, healthcare apparel for healthcare professionals that are have dedicated their lives to helping others and saving lives and curing diseases, and they're the most incredible people in the world, and they are who we serve every day. And so we aim to make the most comfortable, technical, um, you know, doesn't wrinkle, antimicrobial, wrinkle resistant, stain repellent, uh, all of the things that help people do their jobs well. You have your two women. You have a $6 billion company that you started together. You IPO'd in 2000. No, you IPO'd in May, right? But you started the company in 2013. And we want to talk about how you got here. And we really want you to explain like, you know, this is not a podcast that primarily has, is always, we're not always talking about business or like IPOs and the market and finance. So we want you to explain things to someone who maybe doesn't even know what an IPO is. And we really just want to know, like, take us to the beginning of how you guys met each other, had the idea and started this company together and why it's called Fix. Heather, that's all you. <laughs> um, so, okay. So I guess I'll take you guys back uh, over a decade ago. Um, if you want to hear, you want to hear the full story? No, yeah. we want to hear the full, this is so inspiring to women who are, have an idea and think, well, I can never fucking accomplish that. It's just an idea. But you guys had an idea and look what you turned it into. We need, teach us your ways. And how specific it is because, you know, so many people, when they think of business ideas, it's like, it's so hard to pinpoint that random thing you just don't see anyone else doing and know that it can expand as big as yours has. And like, it's such a prime example of finding like an area that is so specific and that has a hole in the market. You look at these people, you're like, that person's a billionaire. You're like, what do they do? They're like, they created the thing in earplugs that makes it like shift in the right direction. You're like, how the fuck did they think of that? Like, just think it's such a specific thing. And, and it's so smart and it doesn't, and I want to understand how you got there. That was actually so funny. I, I remember when I was a little kid and I always thought about who made the, the washers, you know, like the little nuts and bolts, mm-hmm. literally little nuts and bolts. And I was like, whoever made that is amazing because they're obviously multi-billionaires. But um, so I, I, I want to take you guys back over a decade ago when I actually just got off a plane from Kenya and I sat with a friend of mine who's a nurse practitioner and we were just sitting here in Los Angeles and she had she was wearing these big boxy scrubs with bright orange on the back of her neck. 
and it had her size on the back of her neck. And I'm looking on at- On the outside. I'm going to chime in. Oh yeah. On the outside of her neck. Who wants your, your, si- the si- your size displayed on the outside of your outfit? It's, it's, it's terrible. Nobody wants to know the size, no matter what size you are. It's, it's inappropriate. And uh, I said to her, I said, why are you wearing these? And I said, you can afford whatever you want. Why are you wearing these scrubs? And she's a, she was a nurse practitioner at Cedar sinai And she goes, Heather, this is just, this is just what I have. And uh, I said, do you like them? She goes, no, they're terrible. And I thought, okay, well, I am the best shopper in the world, hands down. And I will. You have really good style. You will talk about that later. You have really good style. Thank you so much. I don't know about today. I've forgotten. You want to see? See? Look at this. I'm hiding my hair because I forgot an earring. Look at that. Um, So anyway, so I I literally went to every single scrub store that I could get my hands on, and they were in these strip malls, and um, they were in the middle of nowhere, and. Uh, I went to one in Westwood and I walk into the store and it was literally like a warehouse. There was boxes piled up. There were knee braces. There were, uh, there was no sales associate. There was all these racks of clothing that were like squished together. And I'm thinking, how could nurses, doctors, dentists, uh, neurologists, how can all these people walk in a store that's, that, that is so depressing and looks like this? I go, it's not fair. It's not right. Um, and then I was looked at all the clothes and I said, this is also not okay for these, these, professionals to be subjected to such poor quality. Um, so then I kind of just said, you know what, I'm going to tailor your scrubs. Just give me your scrubs. Her name is Allison and I'm going to tailor them. And I didn't have, I wasn't thinking about, you know, starting a company. Um, and I tailored her scrubs and I did like the front rise, the back rise, the shoulders, and some everything. And then her colleagues at Cedar Sonic called me and said, Hey, can you also tailor my scrubs? And I'm thinking, I have no time to do this. Um, how did you but, know how to tailor? Oh, I'm the worst sewer in the world. I cannot sew. I, I, I was, I was actually in pre-meds, but I cannot sew. I literally had to tape up everything. And I brought everything to my tailor. So I'm, I cannot, No, but sew. you were I a fashion, your background is being a fashion designer, right? I mean, that is your background. Yeah. My background. Yeah. That, yeah. But I was in pre-med. I wanted to be a surgeon my whole life. So I was in, I went to school to, to try to be a surgeon and I didn't really succeed there. Um, and then I started, uh, when I was 21, I left school and I tried to launch my own company and I did. Um, and then I moved to Italy and that was like a whole, a whole thing. But yeah, then I was a fashion designer. Um, I did handbags in Italy for about close to seven years. But besides that, Taylor still can't sew to this day. But Heather, that's, it's an important point because a lot of women listening are always asking us about the, you know, the straight intersection, the the straight line that they expect their career path to be. And then it always zigzags in all these directions. And that women are so afraid people, not even just women, people are afraid to, to, to zigzag, to pivot and take a different direction in your career when you are older than you thought you would be, um, at that point in your life, still figuring it out. And so I think it's really important for you to talk about like these different lives you've led. Cause so there's so many people who say like, God, I'm, I'm, 32 or I'm 29. And like, you know, the 30 is this age that looms over all of us. It scares us. Like we have to have things figured out and I'm already deep in this job and I'm so scared to follow my dreams. And so it's so important to hear a success story of someone who like med school, designing bags in Italy, then like starting your own company. I mean, that's inspiring for most women to like go after their dream. Yeah. I think that, I mean, for me specifically, I'm, I'm, I've always been an entrepreneur since day one. I've, I've worked since I was, you know, eight years old. You know, I was try to work. I didn't come from money. So it's about 
working really, really hard all the time. Um, and it's also having the view for me, I think about what world I, like, how do I want to live in this world? What world do I actually want to live in? I know this is like a, a little cheesy, but I'm going to just turn my camera up because I want you to see what's behind me. So it's backwards in there, but it says create the world you want to live in because you do, you need to create the world you actually want to live in. We have one shot here. It could be a hundred years, could be 80 years, could be 50 years. You have no idea. And you know, it's about, um, what world do I personally want to live in? And even if you fail, you got to get back up and you got to keep trying. Um, you know, and you got to try new things and eventually you'll, you'll, you'll get somewhere. And it's not necessarily about making money, but it's about making an impact and making a difference. And figs, when I started this, I, I thought about how could I make the biggest impact? So it wasn't necessarily about, okay, tailoring scrubs. It was about healthcare professionals. And just by seeing their scrubs, it translated into my mind about how they're so underserved, not just by product, not just by physical apparel, but but through the entire gamut, right? How they're paid, how they're treated, how they're viewed. And I really thought, how could we change this? How could we actually change this? And how do we how do we put healthcare professionals on a pedestal? Because if we don't have them, right? And I don't know, Sarah, when when we you know met for lunch, if I even spoke about this, but um, this is like why I wake up in the morning and why Trina wakes up in the morning. If we don't have healthcare professionals, we will be nowhere, right? Um, we will not have the next cure for cancer. We will not have um, you know, the next cocktail out there for some other disease. We will not um we will not be able to live in the future without scientists and doctors and nurses and research scientists, all these different types of people. So it's our job to celebrate them and to empower them and to um, inspire not only this generation, but the next generation. So we have more healthcare professionals so they can take care of us. And to give them cute clothes that aren't scratchy. And exactly. And and, and And that's where it starts, right? With the cute clothes that are not scratchy. CBD has completely changed my sleep. It has gotten me off the meds. And, um... We, we just, we love CBD. So just, yeah. so Onyx and Rose is a company. Not only do they have the sleep gummies and the tinctures like to, to ingest, but they also have skincare. Mm-hmm. And they use the highest quality CBD products on the market. And the packaging is very beautiful and very inviting. It's a very chic whole- Even uh, just the name, Onyx and Rose. I'm like, oh, count me in. No, they wanted to create CBD products that you will get joy out of using in your daily routine. Yeah, and they're all non-psychoactive, so you won't freak out, Sarah. Great natural way to calm your anxiety. I like to use CBD for anxiety. It's very helpful because it's very subtle, very calm. You don't have like a hangover from it. And Mm -hmm. putting it in your skincare is so smart to do. It's so great for your skin. Mm -hmm. And my skin really lit up once I started using it. Yeah, but if you're someone who's struggling just with sleep or anxiety, try, try CBD and let us know what you think. Okay, we have something for you. We want you to make Onyx and Rose part of your daily routine. You will love it. We have an amazing deal to get you started. It is 20% off your first purchase. Just go to this special link, onyxandrose.com slash foster and use the promo code foster. Do not wait. You will get 20% off. Right now, use the promo code FOSTER only at O-N-Y-X and R-O-S-E dot com slash FOSTER. Um, Okay, Kiwi Co. All right, as a mom, 
We are constantly looking for things for our kids to do that do not entail sitting in front of a screen, watching TV, mm-hmm. going on TikTok. We are living in this universe now where kids like, you know, when we were kids, we would play outside. We would do art projects. We would do activities. And I'm constantly looking for ways to engage my kids where they're actually learning something yeah. and this doing company something. Is so this company great. is very, very cool. Okay, so basically it is all of these creative, clever DIY projects for your kids. Deliver to your door every single month. Okay, so they have they have an astronaut starter kit, they have a veterinarian starter kit, they have like a fort builder kit. It's just, what's really great about it is that it's one thing to get your kid um, like a toy or a project or whatever, but it's another thing to give them something that has all the tools they have to create and DIY Yeah, you're themselves. encouraging your children to be innovators yeah. and creative thinkers. Like they have to not- use their brains and their hands and like get in there and then like the bubble maker one or whatever that you and Josie did, like it teaches you how a bubble is formed. It teaches you how to change the shape of a bubble, like the mechanics behind it. Yeah. So you're actually like learning what you're doing. It's yeah. very cool. There's no commitment. You can pause or cancel at any time, but I think you're going to find yourself like really in a routine where like once a month that new project arrives, you do it as a family or you, the, the child does it by themselves and they feel so proud. Do we have a, uh, yes, a discount? Okay. We do, we do. Oh, we have a big discount. Yes. So scare up some fun this Halloween with KiwiCo. Redefine learning with play. Explore hands-on projects that build confidence, creativity, and critical thinking skills. Get 50% off your first month plus free shipping on any crate line with code FOSTER at KiwiCo.com. That is 50% off your first month at K-I-W-I-C-O.com, promo code FOSTER. So you had this idea, right? And then at what point we 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 go to Trina, who was like working on Wall Street up until what? Your 30th birthday? Was it your 30th? Uh, I think it was 20, 28, 29. Yeah. Take us take us to your intersection of Trina. Trina, give it to us. <laughs> um so I wait, 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 let me talk about the car. I gotta talk about the car. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> so okay, so have the scrubs, have the website, right? My one of my best. Uh, girlfriends from University of Wisconsin introduces, went to Harvard with Trina and said, you guys got to meet. And so Trina and I meet. Well, first I'm like, I don't have time to meet. And Trina's like, no, this is really cool. I want to meet you. So she flies to LA and we meet and it was, and I thought she was like the best human being ever. I was like, she's awesome. Um, and, uh, I don't know if that's true. By the way, I hope the person that introduced you guys has some real equity in figs. I mean, that was a real, that was a real, oh, don't be giving away equity. Sarah. Powerful connection. Well, it's a public, I mean, I, I freaking own a piece of figs at this point. It's a public company. Oh, okay. So then, so Trina and I met and, you know, I, I wasn't looking for a business partner and she wasn't actually looking to, to leave, you know, Blackstone. Um, oh, we you were just, a Blackstone. Yeah, Trina's yeah. at Blackstone. Wow. And actually, she has City. I mean, she'll go through her whole thing. She was on Wall Street for over 10 years. So then Trina and I met, and I was already, so it was really selling figs, and I was selling them out of my car in front of a hospital, right, to see if people actually liked my product. I spent two years making the making the product, making the material. Um, and they were giving it, and then Trina's like, okay, I'm going to come. I'm going to come join you and we're going to sell out your car. I was like, awesome. So we went in front of an emergency room at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. That's when the shift changes. And we had our figs and people were just giving us cash. 
And they were giving us cash at seven o'clock in the morning. It was so cool. What is the timeline between when you two met and when Trina is like in the car with you, you know, passing out scrubs? What was that? What's that timeline? So we had met in, in 2012 and, um, I, I, I mean, it was really soon thereafter, I, in a matter of weeks when I was flying out to LA and I was living in New York, flying out to LA, uh, and we were selling scrubs out of the back of Heather's car. And it was really amazing. I mean, to see the reaction firsthand, I think, you know, to your point, uh, I think it was Aaron, uh, I think you said that, you know, it seems like this daunting, uh, overwhelming thing to build a company, but it really starts uh, at the core uh, around connecting with people, right? And, and seeing what they like and what they don't like. And so that was the experience very early on to see our healthcare professionals in person on um, on the sidewalk. And I know you two do that too with your uh, with your company, oh, right? We are, we are hassling people on amazing. sidewalk. We're hass- hassling Guys, people on sidewalks. A week ago, I'm passing out flyers. People, by the way, I will never reject a flyer ever again. I just, I I'm going to really, I, when someone hands you a flyer, you guys, take the fucking flyer. Even if take you don't plan flyer, on going to the event. Look at the person and say, thank you so much. I'll consider this. Mm-hmm. Even if you're going to throw it away one foot down the line, it is very demoralizing passing out flyers. It and is. I just did it in Tucson. And it's- She got a lot of rejection. I got Okay, but Trina, take us back a little bit. Hold on. You are at Blackstone. You are, if you're at Blackstone, you're making a lot of money. Okay. I know, oh, yeah. I know that. I'm very clear about that. Okay. You're in finance. You're killing it. You're at Blackstone. If you don't know what Blackstone is, it's- Just they, Google it. Just, just they own Google everything. Yeah. Okay. Look around your room. They own it. Okay. <laughs> Any company you've ever heard of, they own it. So- you're at Blackstone, you're killing it, you're in finance. You what drives you to want to go and, and meet be an entrepreneur? No, want to go and meet Heather. And then what drives you to say, like, no, I'm gonna leave my life and sell scrubs out of the back of her car? Yeah, I mean, I think I always wanted to do something entrepreneurial. And um, you know, I think it it was always something that was always in the back of my head. I graduated from Harvard Business School with a lot of loans. Um, I knew it would be hard to start and build a company coming, you know, out of school with that amount of debt. Um, it's actually one of the reasons we're so passionate now about helping medical and nursing and dental students with their debt today. But uh, it's, 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 uh, it's a weight on your shoulders, right? And so I felt that. And um, going to a place like Blackstone, I mean, it's not a bad place to be, right? Amazing people, super challenging work. Um, and yes, I was able to help uh, bring down that, that, uh, your debt that, got smaller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was able to kind of, you know, um, take that weight off my shoulders a bit from from a from a financial standpoint. And so um, I left uh, after I met Heather. Um, you know, we met through a mutual friend. After I left, met her. I, I felt like, you know, I was still young enough and uh, maybe uh, risk taking enough. I, I think, you know. I wanted to do something bigger. I, and not that Black, Blackstone's amazing. It was just, I wanted to feel that fulfillment that I think we were, that Heather was sharing about how do you serve people? How do you support a group of people that haven't felt that? How do you, um, you know, feel that on a daily basis, which I think we do here at FIGS. I think it's, um, in finance, I felt a little bit like it was intangible, right? It's a lot about moving money and investing money and doing all of these things, but um, it wasn't about a tangible product that somebody was going to put onto their uh, onto their back and what that would be like. And so, uh, you know, it was a lot more tangible. It, it, you know, today I feel like our mission is so big around celebrating and empowering healthcare professionals. Um, and uh, yeah, and when I was 28, 29 and left to to join Heather on this amazing journey. 
Um, it didn't feel like such a crazy thing. Although at the time, every friend, every family member was like, wait, what? You're leaving Blackstone to do what? So what's a scrub? It's a huge risk. Well, by the way, talk about investing in yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, we talk about that a lot. Like, yeah. That if you're not gonna if invest in yourself, I mean, who are you gonna invest in? Also, I mean, you took a you real... wanted to do something worthwhile. You wanted yeah. to do something that you know. It's one thing to work at a company where your motivation is really just financial, but it's another yeah. thing when your motivation are healthcare workers that you're looking at like busting their asses, and no one's really giving them any luxury of any kind, and you want to give them something that makes them feel good, that's accessible, mm-hmm. and so you know, you're lucky enough that you did the thing that made you feel good and now you're really rich from it, which is very cool. But also, let's be clear. It's not like you were, you know, sitting on, you You like cashed out of your 401k, right? Which there's a huge tax implication on cashing out your 401k when you're under, I don't know, like 59 years old. You're well below that. Like that was, that's that's risky. That's, risk. that's risky. Yeah, I mean, I think it was, it was, you know, I look back and, um, Heather was all in and I needed to be all in. And I think that was the, you know, committing to this, um, you know, it was scary. I think now it's like, oh, that seems like a really great idea. Good call. Um, but it was, it was scary. It was risky. It was taking that leap. I moved across the country, uh, to join Heather, to do this thing. I really believed in, um, what the mission, I really believed in what we were doing for these people. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you gotta be all in, right? You've gotta be all in. Where did the name figs come from? I am like a fruitarian. I love fruit. I love fruit so much. So it really just comes from me loving figs. So you just said fruit. it just means nothing. You just just figs. Yeah. I love fruit so much. I love that. I was yeah. thinking it's like an I, acronym for something. I was literally like four independent, <laughs> great, scholastic people. Scholastic. That's Listen, a, I'm going to come up with the S word. I, I thought about um, really successful companies. And, you know, I thought about Apple. Oh, mm-hmm. it's a fruit. Uh, I've heard of apple. Blue lemon. It's a good one too. It's a fruit. Um, and then, uh, yeah, figs. I was like, that's my favorite fruit. So okay, so you have this idea. You now have a partner. You have a product. You have you, a trunk to sell things. Out you of. have a trunk. You're seeing. You're seeing the the reaction, the positive reaction. You have the schedule of when they get to work, when they leave work. Right. You got that. So at this point, you have Trina's like four hundred one k money. Do you go like where are we? Where's our capital coming from? Like, are we gonna go? Are we gonna go get some venture money? Capital is there a is, rich uncle? Capital that, is money for people who don't know. Oh yes, capital is money. How? I mean, as 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 Aaron and I know, as um, you know, don't be threatened. But we also have a fashion brand. It's yeah, called, we're like your, well, you guys are our competitors. It's basically. called Favorite Daughter. Should mm-hmm. we get into medical? I, we've been actually thinking about doing medical. Favorite scrubs. daughter, medical. Favorite scrubs. nurse. Heather has Heather has. Uh, well, we both have a lot of your products, but. Heather has the cashmere green. That was good. That's what I was going to wear. I was going to wear that. I love that outfit. It was a, it's Is it a the cable knit, the yeah, cardigan? Yeah, yeah. So just to, to go back to what Sarah was saying is that we started Favorite Daughter with a financial partner. So we are in a 50-50 joint venture and they bring the money and we bring all the personality, you know? <laughs> and so... The point we is, not, if we didn't have that money... We wouldn't be able to do it. N- no chance. I mean, and, I don't know about you guys, most companies but are. the goal is to like like get close to breaking even year one. And we're not close to that, you know? Like, I mean, we're, we're closer than, we're, we're doing okay. But how do you guys, how does someone who's listening who maybe wants to start a fashion brand or anything, how, how, just how? 
Yeah. I, I mean, I think, I think in the beginning, right before I met Trina, um, like you have to give it your all, right. You have to, you know, I, I had another company at the time, but um, you have to put in everything you have. If you have to take two jobs, you take two jobs, right? Because it's, it, if you believe in something, you will do it. Um, I mean, at the time, I didn't even have enough money for manufacturing and our manufacturers, they said, I believe in you so much, um, they're going to front you, right? So if you have a physical product and you partner up with your with your manufacturers and they believe in you, they'll front you the the capital, Wow. To make the product, which is great, and then once you sell it, then you you know you can pay them back if you have a great relationship. Right, and that's not happening with a traditional fashion line because that's like the most oversaturated. You guys had a product that was different. Also, no one's looking at us being like, "Oh my god, this is so, so amazing! What you're doing, you're making jeans for people. <laughs> wow, you're such good people. We want to front the money to you." You know, no one's saying that to us. No, no one's said that to us. They might with the denim. I think you guys actually do. I mean, listen, our denim is really good. Okay, I mean, I mean, yeah. making people's butts look higher and tighter and better also is important. also very important work. It is not to be looked down. On. I think what Heather is describing is, is um, and I think you both do it very well, is is getting, is, is telling that story, right? And getting people to, to believe in you and back you. And whether it's uh, a manufacturer, which, you know, uh, did front uh, us at the very beginning or a venture capitalist or uh, some type of other capital partner, um, it's that story and that, uh, you know, for us, it was about disrupting an industry too, right? And, and talking about how this industry was so it was a hundred years old and there had been no change or innovation and how, what were we going to do to go change that? And people really got behind that at the beginning. So what are some challenges that you guys faced? That's so funny. We're really, usually you and I are not aligned and mm-hmm. I don't like the questions you ask. You don't like the questions I ask, but I was about to say that same thing. It feels like it was sort mm-hmm. of like a straight line to winning in a lot of ways. Obviously you guys had adversity before figs and then all your ventures and college and Blackstone and, you know, all of that. But it feels like from the, from the impetus of figs, it was like this straight line to like yeses, right? Like, am, are we, are we wrong with that or was it yeah. not? Super wrong. So, I mean, <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, you couldn't super, be more wrong, wrong. Sarah. It looks I love easy. being yeah, wrong. I, I love being wrong. Okay. No, tell us about yeah. the challenges because the successes are fun to hear about, but the challenges are inspiring to hear about, you know, for other people who are starting their own companies and, and hitting roadblocks. Yeah, I, I think starting anything is always a challenge. I mean, in the beginning, it's it's one for me, it was understanding the industry and who, why do people think of scrubs as like a simple V-neck and a pair of pants that shouldn't be scrubs, right? So in my head, it's like, no, let's reinvent what scrubs mean in terms of it's not just a V-neck and a pair of pants. Did you have pushback from people who are like, I'm old school and I don't want you disrupting this industry? Like, don't fuck with my nurse's outfits? Yeah, no, there was a, there was a lot of that. Um, I mean, from everywhere. But then I think it's just, if you have the passion and the energy and the drive and the focus and you keep pushing... Um, so I, I think for me in the beginning, there was a lot, I mean, everywhere around me, everybody said, you're crazy. What are you doing? No, like you're not going to go reinvent scrubs, Heather. That sounds ridiculous. Um, but in my head, it's like, no, it's absolutely, it's ridiculous if I don't do it because healthcare professionals need to be put on a pedestal. They need to be empowered. They need to be celebrated. And we're going to be the company that does that. Um, so yeah, it was crazier for us not to do it. Uh, in the beginning, I got a lot of no's, got a lot of no's from manufacturers, um, I got a lot of no's from um, everybody in investment. Like everybody said, no, you're no, no, no. So I had to like almost take basically two jobs because it was so expensive and it was just me. Um, and then um, I met Trina, which was great. And Trina, you know, chipped in and and 
cashed out her, well, she was at Blackstone too, so she was making pretty good money. But uh, Brought you she, that Blackstone uh, money. Yeah. Yeah, she was. And But I mean, even little things like hang tags. I couldn't afford hang tags at the time. I remember this. It's like, how am I going to do this? I don't have hang tag money. And it was, I remember it was $12,000. And I was like, okay, maybe I just sh- shouldn't put the pin in there because that's another cent for the hang tags, right? Like little things like that. So I took out the pin in the beginning and I just did a little knot tie, save that that scent. Um, I feel like ideas that disrupt like archaic industries are are like I was just listening to Melanie Perkins' story, Canva, right? It was like Sorry, fully, who's that? Who's that? she's she founded Canva and it's What's like Canva? revolutionizing uh design, right? So like the the archaic ways is like Microsoft, you know, the the few ways that you do if you want to make a flyer to pass out if you're me at colleges mm. or a wedding invitation or, or whatever, just mm-hmm. like art design, graphic, okay. graphic, graphic design. design. That's the word we were looking for. Uh, graphic this, design. It's similar to you I guys. I was going to say computer design. It's graphic design. Yeah. Graphic design. It's similar to you. I mean, this company I think is, um, you know, in your guys wheelhouse of some like $7 billion valuation. And she was, she recently, um, was talking about how she went back to her emails and she had over 100 rejection emails for, um, from investors, wow. right? Like people were just like, no, don't disrupt this. Like we have this, it's fine. Similar to, similar to. Also, I would think you that do. you guys would hear, you know, whenever we're looking at companies to invest in or, you know, talking to founders, um, or looking at ideas, the main thing people look at is like, how big is this group of people that you're trying to target? Like if you're starting Uber, it's like every single person is a potential customer, right? But when you're doing something really specific, you go, well, I don't know. There's a limited number of these people that would use this product. So like if somebody was looking at figs as an idea, my first instinct would be like, but how many people are there that this can serve? There are like millions and millions. But you look at it and you go like in a city, the majority of the people in that city are not healthcare workers, right? They're not healthcare practitioners. So are you targeting a small group of people? Like you, I would never have imagined that it could be a $6 billion business. Cause I wouldn't imagine that there's enough people who need it, but there are. Well, today there's, there's X amount of people, but our job is to create more healthcare professionals. That's our job. Ah. Not, not, not a self-serving thing, but in terms of like just being humans on this planet, if we don't, and I said this in the beginning, if we don't have more healthcare professionals, this is really dark, but we will die. No, it's true. Also, true. You're saying incentive. You're saying incentives to make being a healthcare practitioner more, uh, like a, a more positive experience. Well, and it's just even, yeah, almost. You know, just take it like if you were to look at a billboard in Times Square, right? And you know, most of the time you look up at billboards and it's athletes and celebrities, and that's who everyone in this world looks up to. And it, there's a big paradigm shift that we're trying to change that of saying. Actually, healthcare professionals are the new icons. They are the people that everyone should look up to. And then that is really, um, you know, we believe is inspiring the next generation to become them uh, by saying, these are the people we should all want to be like. And, you know, when there is a, you know, medical professional, a team of six people in a surgery uh, and, and they're saving someone's life, I mean, that's the, that's the biggest that's win. Sexy. There's not an auditorium of 50,000 people watching that, uh, but that's, you know, the biggest win in the world. It's so true. And I mean, you guys started this company in 2013. And then the last two years, um, I think I'm sure you're aware we had a pandemic and uh, changed everything. And 
I mean, certainly in my lifetime, there has never been a bigger spotlight on the people that you guys are catering to. There's never been a bigger spotlight on how hard it is to be a nurse or a doctor. It's never, there's never been such a spotlight on, on the hours that they put in and the lack of appreciation they get. And, and the, you know, have seeing nurses and doctors getting on TikTok or Instagram crying, like, talking about how hard it is, talking about how frustrated they are, talking about how scared they are, like putting themselves at risk. We, we always knew it in like an abstract way, but really seeing it the last two years, it's probably been interesting for, for you guys. Cause you guys have been paying attention since 2013, but now like the whole world has really realized the amount of pressure that we put on this group of people and we don't really take care of them or give them anything that feels luxurious. That was beautiful, Aaron. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I think, you know, I think uh, that's really why this company exists, right? Is to, um, you know, pre-pandemic, during the pandemic and long after the pandemic, I mean, FIGS will be uh, the company that supports healthcare professionals uh, throughout their throughout their work and throughout their life. I mean, I think that's why we exist. At what point did you guys go, and I'm probably jumping, you know, too far ahead, but at what point did you guys go, holy shit, like we are really onto something? Like, question. Thank you. That was just from my brain. It wasn't even written down. So for me, um, yeah, each of you, you might I have think, different times. Uh, yeah, it was, yeah, probably yeah. different times. I, I yeah. think for me, it was honestly day one. Um, not like it was a big company. It was nothing. It was like me. Um, but in the sense of, holy shit, something needs to be done. Like when you open your eyes, and when I opened my eyes, and I was looking around, and I was, and I was seeing how everybody was dressed and. Um, I was thinking about, you know, the athlete and how come all these multi-billion dollar companies, right? You got the Nikes, the Lululemons, they were all focused on the athlete and how to make um, product that would advance that athlete to, to maybe score more goals or to run faster, right? Just through product. And I thought, okay, all these companies are doing it. How come there's no company for the healthcare space? Like how come there's nobody trying to make better product for the healthcare professionals so they can focus on humanity on humans, right? On, on serving people. Right. So for you, just having that idea was like, yes, yes, this is going to be right. Yeah. No matter what, it didn't, it didn't, it wasn't about money. It was about, um, yeah. Having that idea was like, yes, how could, how could we change this? How could we change, um, the dynamic? How can we change, uh, people's mentality, right? Lay people. How do we, how do we make that shift? Um, and and I knew it was going to take a lot of time and it's going to still going to take more time, but that was like my aha moment from like day one. Okay. Trina, your aha moment. You know, I think um, that's, I think what's so inspiring about Heather and why I think we make great partners. Uh, this may go down as the greatest. I hope it goes down as one of the greatest partnerships uh, aside from Sarah and Aaron Foster, number one. Thank you. Uh, Trina Spear and Heather Hassan, <laughs> number two. Greatest partnerships of all time. Well, you guys, well, you guys are already historically did something that no one else has done, which is no, and correct me if this is not the right verbiage, but you guys are the first co-founders, female co-founders to IPO a business. Which means taking a, pub, a company public. Is that correct? That's correct. Right. The first in history. So it's already a partnership yeah. that is historical. So you guys have already made us look pretty bad. Yeah, we're not. We have a, I we have, would say that we're doing <laughs> zero accolades. Well, okay. that's not true. I did win a horse show when I was when? six. I got a first place in a horse but show. As a you duo. guys have the world's first podcast. You know what? You're right. We did make the world's first podcast. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. Thank you for that, Trina.
All right. Article. Love this company. Love. I'm not even reading from it. I'm not even reading. The, oh, my God. This is just by just not by even it. reading it. No, oh. but I love the idea of having and correct me if I'm saying this, you know, wrong, but I love the idea of having uh, furniture and rugs and things that look modern, look expensive, look refined, but are so affordable. Mm -hmm. I got these really cute um, like olive green ottomans. Yeah. Right? Little mm -hmm. ottomans? Yeah. Is that what they're called? Yeah. yeah. And they're very cute and they've been very popular and they are very affordable and they came so fast and the quality is great. So yeah, no, article like is the easiest way to make your space look beautiful. It's a D2C business. It's very easy. Very easy. The website is very user-friendly. Whether you are traditional or bohemian or modern, Scandinavian, mid-century, they have all of it. And they're all just made so well, such good quality with really fair prices. And you save up to 30% over traditional retail prices. So Article is able to keep their prices low by cutting out the middleman and selling directly to you. So there's no showrooms, no salespeople, no retail markups. You right, just get really you get affordable. Such good prices. Yeah, really good prices. Yeah, the stuff is quality, guys. We've seen it firsthand. We have it. It is quality. Check it out. Article. And the shipping cost is very, very affordable and available across the USA and Canada and is free on orders over $999. So Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. Go to article.com slash foster and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That is article.com slash foster to get $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. Squarespace is the best place for you to go when you need to create a website. So if you're starting a business or if you yourself just, you go, you know what? I'm a brand. I'm looking at the mirror and I'm like, I am the brand. Mm -hmm. It's just AaronFoster.com. But traditionally, websites have been so expensive. So you yeah. kind of go like, okay, well, I'm not even gonna, I don't even have the money to have a website. Squarespace is making websites possible for anyone, essentially. They make it easy, they make it look beautiful. It's an all-in-one platform. You can, by the way, you can also claim your domain. You can sell, you can market your brand all through, yep. all through Squarespace. Squarespace has everything that you need to create a beautiful and modern website. You start with a designed template and you use drag and drop tools to make it your own. So with Squarespace, you have the ability to customize the look and the feel, the settings, the products, and more with just a few clicks. Yep. Go to squarespace.com slash foster for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, you use the offer code foster to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. I think that's why um, it works so well. I mean, Heather, Heather's vision and, um, and just being able to see the future. Yes, we cre create the future or create the world you want to live in. It says it on her behind her, uh, but also seeing the future of what the world should be, what the world could be, what this industry could be like, right? And then I think um, being able to execute on that together uh, has been an incredibly fulfilling, but also fun journey, right? How much fun it is for you guys to work together, I'm sure, every day, to have a partner side by side. Um, it's, not it, no, it's, not no. it's not that fun. It's not that fun. We just, we're just look like you're having fun we're right now. It. Looks, this looks fun. Oh, it does? Oh, that's okay. Yeah, this is a nice day sitting by the fire talking to you guys. We're happy here. Yeah, we're happy talking to you guys. Do you guys fight? I mean, every now and then, I mean, we're not going to lie. I mean, like this is, it's hard to build a business to this level or any level. Um, and we are different people. We have different views, but we have the same goal and we have the same uh, mission of, of how we're going to go and accomplish that. But of course we fight. 
You guys compliment each other really well. Did I Trina mean, say her aha moment? Did we skirt around that? No, because that's what we do. We talk over everybody. People are going to write us saying, you ask a fucking question and then you okay. don't let okay, them respond. Sarah. Okay, so. so I'm circling back. Thank you. Oh, my aha moment. I mean, I think, you know, leaving my job. So I, we were working together for about six months while I was still at Blackstone. So I, I, I left, uh, you know, in, in uh, January of 2013 um, and moved across the company and, or across the country. I think, um, you know, I, I had enough conviction that this was something that I really wanted to pursue. And, and I, I had a real belief in, in Heather and her vision, right? It's also that, right? It's, it's that belief in a partnership. It's a belief in something that uh, ha- doesn't necessarily exist uh, in in the you know in the ideal way that you wanted to, but you have that belief uh, that you could do something great. And so I think that's what it was. And you know, you know, you never people say, "Oh, when did you know you made it?" or "When did you know it was this?" I still think we we every day we're like, "Oh my God, we haven't done that yet." Oh my God, we need to go fix that. Oh my God, holy shit, look at that fire! We got to put that out. It never. We never feel like, oh. Now, now, you know, it's that we never get complacent, right? You never feel like, oh, now we're good. Um, I oh, yeah, still you feel never, like we have so You never much really can relax and get to that point because there always has to be a new goal you set. Was the goal always to IPO? Did someone try to buy you guys? And were you like, did you ever take it seriously and go, oh shit, should we like, uh, you know, consider this acquisition? Or was it always like we are IPOing? Uh, we, we've had a few people come forward and try to buy us. Um, and, you know, I think... Um, I think we've always been underestimated a bit. And I think that's been our superpower of that underestimated, whether it's on evaluation versus from evaluation perspective or actually just underestimated as people. Um, I believe I've always said, I think it's such an asset to be underestimated yeah. because you get to walk in that room and prove everybody wrong. I think it's actually such a gift. I do too. Yeah. I, someone said uh, something about Heather and myself. They said, uh, your motto is bet against bet against us um, <laughs> because the, we've we've been able to I think prove people wrong along the way that did doubt us or didn't believe um, and there have been you know to Heather's point uh, countless examples of people not believing and um, it, and it kind of makes you have a little bit of a chip on your shoulder uh, of saying okay I'm going to go out and and, and do this um, even bigger and even better than I than I thought I was going to do yesterday. And so um, those exam- those times, and there was one specific time where a company tried to buy us, a massive company. Um, and, and they came in and they did a lot of diligence. And I think it was for themselves to do that, just to try to get our ideas and, and get and, and understand what we were doing with our community. Um, and it was really uh, an interesting time because coming out of that, there was like, okay, we're going to do this our way. Uh, and, and, you know, whether it was going public or, or staying private, but doing it our way uh, and having this as a standalone company from that point on was, was our focus, uh, which was, you know, which became our focus. And, and, and then it turned into us going public and, and continuing to grow this into something even bigger than we ever imagined. So in um, line with talking about naysayers, we want to give you guys an opportunity to talk about the controversy that uh, Figs had. So... Um, I wasn't aware of this until I looked it up before we were going to have you guys on. Um, but there was a controversy and I think that you guys should have an opportunity to address it. Um, I will give a once over of kind of what it was and then you guys can explain sort of what happened on, on your end. So figs, uh, you guys had a photo shoot and you photographed a woman that was portraying like a, an osteopath. Uh, right? A female doctor osteopath. And she was wearing glasses and she was holding a book upside down that said like medical verbiage for dummies. And uh, the medical community was really offended by it. 
women were offended by. They found it sexist or, you know, implying that osteopaths aren't real doctors and, and take us through what happened, you know, why it happened and what the fallout has been like and how you recovered and, and the intent behind it. Cause we are not believers in canceling people over a mistake. We always believe that people should have the opportunity to explain where they come from. And, um, intent is so important and that gets forgotten a lot of the time. So, um, take us through it. Sure. You know, I think, um, first off, you know, it was a video that was put on our site and it was something that both Heather and myself are not proud of. And, and the, it falls on us, right? We're the co-CEOs of this company. Uh, it was made within our company and uh, we are not proud and we do, don't stand behind uh, that video uh, that was put up onto our site. So, you know, and we apologize for it, but I think more importantly, because I think what the reaction that we've heard is, okay, so they apologize on social media big deal. Um, and I think that's not really how it happened. I mean, there were serious repercussions and we had thousands of conversations with our healthcare professionals. I mean, these are people we know, right? We've been, they've been a part of this community. We've been working with them for a decade. And when they got on Zooms and calls and um, some in-person meetings with us and said, this, you don't understand how much you hurt us. And we, I mean, to, t- to say that we were devastated, uh, I think Heather and I were both destroyed by what this uh, did to people, how much we did hurt our own people that we literally started a company just to revere them, just to put them on pedestals, just to support them and show up for them and say, wow, you guys hurt us. And we were destroyed. And it's taken a long time. It's been about a year since that happened. It's taken a long time to kind of rebuild those relationships to regain that trust. Uh, it is something that um, we've learned so much from. Uh, clearly it was a mistake. From my perspective, um, this, and Trina said it very eloquently, but this is the antithesis of who we are as people. And it's the antithesis of who we are as a company. And and it happened and we apologize greatly for it. And it should never have happened. Um, and now, you know, we have our processes in place where that can never happen again. And at the end of the day, it doesn't represent how you feel. And, you know, I really do hope that we can get to a place. I understand. I very much understand uh, female doctors and women in medical field probably have had a lot of um, challenges of that they've had of their own of having to prove themselves. I'm sure female doctors get mistaken for nurses. They haven't, you know, s- feminism is like an ever and always evolving concept and thing in the real world. And I'm sure that it is, it is sensitive for them to feel like they're being diminished in any way. So it's obviously understandable. It could strike a nerve. That being said, I really hope that those same people can also look at you two and what you've accomplished and why you set out to start this company in the first place and understand that sometimes things happen that are just a mistake and it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything about how you guys feel or your judgment towards them, that they're not being diminished. You're always trying to put these people on a pedestal. And I really hope that those people in the medical community can forgive and move on because intent is very important here. Yeah. And I think, you know, to your point, I mean, what they've been through, especially a female, any type of medical professional, what they've been through to get to where they are. I mean, we just have so much respect for, 
um, and what we've been through as female entrepreneurs uh, to get to where we are. It's almost been a little bit of you know those challenges that they faced in their world versus in the challenges that we've faced in our world is very different in many ways, but similar in others. And so uh, we understand it and we have so much respect for it. And so that's the other reason why it was so heartbreaking. It's because like we see you, we get you, um, and you know this was a mistake, and we're so sorry. But we are on the same uh, kind of trajectory in terms of where we're going and how we want to change the world for women in particular in any industry. Yeah. yeah. I mean, IPO day, you guys didn't even have your families up there with you. You had healthcare workers. Like you were spotlighting mm. all the healthcare workers. I didn't see one of your family members up there with you, which that's normally a platform to have family and friends. And and you guys had healthcare workers all with you. Do you guys feel like as women, like you're just totally held to a different standard? Do you feel like this would have played out differently if the owners of the company were two dudes? Maybe not. I'm just like, um, I don't know about, um, this example. I think there are other times where we've been held to, uh, different standards, uh, than men. Um, I think, you know, we are in a way, uh, our healthcare professionals should hold us to higher standards because we hold ourselves to the highest standard. And so, um, you know, we welcome that. Um, and we hold ourselves every day here at FIGS to a higher standard than anyone else could hold us to men or, or women in our seat. So, um, but I do think, you know, you got to work harder. You got to work 10 times as hard to get just as far. Right. And that's just the reality. And the more you own that reality and say, how do I get better every day? How do I wake up in the morning and, and do better than what I did yesterday? Um, then who cares what anyone else is setting, uh, to, for you? Yeah. Who cares what everyone, anyone else is expecting of you? You're going to, you're going to beat that, uh, tenfold. You know, when I posted that you guys were coming on, I was like, oh my God, Trina and Heather are coming on the podcast. Um, I was like girl bosses. And I got a lot of messages from people like, you know, some like really mean messages, like looking through my DMs is a dark place. But wait, you got mean messages? Yes. Mean. Because... Oh. How dare you call them girl bosses? They're just bosses. And I and I, and I was like, the first couple, I was like, oh, shut up. And then I was like, wait, they have a point. Like, mm -hmm. I'm kind of over girl boss. Like, you guys are just fucking bosses. Like, Heather and I talked about this the other day. I go, you know, everyone, uh, girl boss is out. She goes, what? She goes, wait a minute. What are you talking about? I go, yeah, no, it's out. Gen Z, it's out. Uh, it's out, you guys. <laughs> it is out. And guess what? There are about like 10 million dudes who would like cut off their toe to, you know, be in your guys' position. You guys are just bosses. Like you're not girl bosses. Listen, I think that we, you know, we uh, certainly, I think we're all kind of around the same age. So in our lifetime. I'm younger than all of you, but yeah. you're, you might be older than all of us actually. Shut up, Aaron. Oh, okay. Um, I think that in general, you know, in our lifetime, we've gone through so many different phases where there was a point whenever it was 10 years ago where girl boss was a huge compliment. It felt yeah. like you were empowered by the idea of like, I am a woman, I am a girl, I am feminine, and I am a boss. The merging of these two things, like we've been told for so long, you, you can either be girly and feminine and lean into being a woman, or you can be sort of like harsh and direct and intense and masculine and be a boss. And so girl boss was really meant to put those two things together and say, I am a girl and I am a boss, and I'm proud of being both together. It was not 
not ever supposed to be derogatory. It was supposed to be flattering. Like you're proud of being both at the same time. It's an evolution. We're all going through this evolution together and getting to places where we go, oh, okay, I guess I see how you shouldn't say girl boss. You should just say boss. And now you know, and now you move forward. Instead of like death, the moment that you say the thing that like 10 minutes ago was was decided is no longer acceptable to say, you know, we have to give each other like time to catch up to where everybody else is and find what's comfortable for everyone. Oh my God. And it's scary, right? Like we have a, a Heather and I, we do an all hands meeting every week with our whole company. And, you know, sometimes we're talking about topics in, in culture or what's happening in the world. And, you know, it's terrifying. So, and so ha- we will meet up ahead of time. Okay. How do you say that? Are we sure we're okay with that? And, and, you know, even speaking about women's issues and we're women. Um, and so, you know, it's interesting how to your point, Aaron, the world is, is, has changed and you want to say the right thing. You want to do the right thing, but to your point, it's about intent and what's the intent behind, uh, uh, how you're talking about any of these, um, shifting cultural, social changes that we're in the midst of right now. Yeah. Yeah. So we are all, you know, the holidays are coming up and I feel like, you know, when you wear sweaters and cozy clothes, sometimes you get a little bit lazy about your health. You start eating a little heavier. The truth is, regardless of what you want to look like, when I eat bad, I just feel bad. Of course. Noom is an app that really helps change your relationship with food. It is not a diet app. Well, it's it revolutionized. Just, it changes how you experience food. relationship with food. I literally just said those exact oh, words. did you say revolutionized? I know, but I said okay. relationship with food. Okay, well. Okay. So we said different things. It just changes the way that you, that you approach well, changing your relationship with food is— It's a psychology-based approach, lift. right? And Noom is attacking it from a completely different angle, which I think is why it's working with so many people. And they help it be not overwhelming. You yeah. know, they understand that taking on the entire mountain of wellness all at once is just overwhelming. So they just, they like, start exactly where you are. You have very specific goals— and it takes you through it one step at a time. Knowledge is power and Noom's cognitive behavioral approach, it's just like, it's the same way you can get people to like not be afraid on planes, not be afraid in elevators. Like cognitive behavioral therapy. Cognitive. Cha- cognitive. cognitive behavioral therapy can completely change the way that you live life. And that those are the, that's what it's doing yeah, here with this it app. It helps. I mean, we've, tried, we've used the app before. It, it helps how you shop better understanding your cravings, not seeing food as bad food or yeah. good food, you know, not putting it in any of those ca- categories. And it really like changes. You have a big mental shift. It's By not the way, all you need, shift. 10 minutes a day. That's it. 10 minutes a day and you are utilizing Noom to its fullest. If it's in your life, it is on your terms. It's no like grueling early morning or like huge chunks of your day. They've really customized and tailored this app to make your life as easy as possible. So start building better habits for healthier long-term results. Sign up for your trial at noom.com slash foster. That is N-O-O-M dot com slash foster. Third love, they are, I would go as far as to say, and yes, this is an ad, but I was a customer before. I would go as far as to say it is my favorite. Third love is my favorite bra. Wow, yeah. Sarah. Wow. My Your favorite boobs bra. have spoken. My boobs have, well, also my shoulders have spoken. My oh. back has spoken because oh. it's a whole thing. Like 
A lot of the bras, I, I would be like, do I have a headache? Do <laughs> I have- bra? Does my neck hurt? Yes, because my bra wasn't fitting me correctly. Wow. Okay. Well, you, you, I think you're wearing it really so tight. So third then. love is all about customizing and truly, like you take a quiz. You go on their site, you take a whole quiz, and it tells you your, the perfect bra for your shape, size, to your liking. Mm -hmm. All those things. Mm -hmm. um, I love the t-shirt bra. I wear the strapless ones. I I love the underwear too. This comp everyone loves third love. Yeah. Third they have love. great also they have great loungewear and activewear, not only just bras and underwear. And they just, I don't know, it's a good quality. It's just like very wearable. They have a lot of different options. No, but that fitting room quiz, it's like a personal shopper. Like yeah, literally, it focuses on your size, your breast shape, your current fit issues, your personal style. It literally it, well, first of all, it's helped 18 million women find their true bra size. I've said it before. I was like way, I was like two sizes off on the bra that I was wearing before. Also, so, they're all about comfort. And guess who all, else yeah. is all about comfort? Me. Moi. 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 I am all about comfort. So am I. I'm not trying to wear some pokey ass bra, some itchy bra, some like underwire that's pu pushing No, you want to feel cage. like you're not wearing anything. Exactly. Feeling is believing. Upgrade to everyday pieces that love your body as much as you do. So right now you can get 20% off your first order at thirdlove.com slash foster. That is 20% off at thirdlove.com slash foster. Well, this we'll is a good segue time. into one of the questions that we got, which is how to give and receive feedback. Mm. As uh, you bosses. mean socially or in business? No, I think in business as, and, as boss as leaders. I think as as leaders, you know, I think as you know, women as women, we we are typically raised to be people pleasers and tend to be more passive in this area. Um, I know that for me in work environments, I have a hard time giving feedback because I'm scared that it's going to come across rude or mean or condescending, and I'm nervous about my tone. And so then we at then we're passive aggressive, which is far worse. And so as a company, like what's your culture around around feedback with each other? with employees. Very curious, because I think a lot of women want to know sort of how to be better at that. Yeah. So, so from my, from my perspective, um, I'm extremely direct and I'm the, the opposite of, of passive aggressive, um, because I love feedback for myself. I'm always asking my team, Hey, how could I be better? Um, how could I communicate better? Um, you know, what are the things that you need from me? You know, so I, I have a very open relationship with anybody who works with me. Um, and I would want everybody to also have that with all their colleagues. I think it's extremely important. Um, so I, I think having open feedback, um, open for, I wouldn't say the word criticism, but feedback would be a better word because you don't want to be criticized. So I think that's extremely important. Um, and that's, that's how I live my life. Being direct is so hard. I think when you're a man and you're direct, you know what you want and you're good at your job. And I think when you're a woman and you're direct, sometimes it's like, she's so bitchy. She's so aggressive. Like, is it, is she on her period? I just feel like it's very, and I know it's changing and all the things, but I get scared being direct because I'm scared someone's going to be like, she is such an entitled bitch or she's, so I definitely lean to being more passive aggressive, but all the people I respect are direct. Yeah, I've learned a lot actually. I'm a people pleaser, and I'm and I and I grew up in a world where you had to, you know, as a woman, what you exactly what you're saying, like, uh, how do you make everything around you okay, and everyone everyone has to feel good. And uh, I le I've actually learned a lot from Heather uh, on this point. Um, and it and you think the 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 why why it works 
why it works for Heather in particular um, and is because if you take out, if you make it about the work, right? You're not, you're not, it's not, someone can't take what she says uh, or what I say uh, personally, because you're making it about how do we, how are we making this better? And if you come from that place of like this pure intent to make things better, and it's not about, um, I don't know, how someone's talking or their tone or what they did in this situation. It's literally just about the work, uh, the campaign, the operational uh, improvements, the, you know, all the things that we do here at FIGS, uh, the healthcare professionals, how we're making them, them feel. If you take the ego out of it, right? And everyone takes the ego out of it. We talk a lot about that at FIGS. How do you make it not about yourself? but about the people you're serving, um, then that feedback becomes, feels a lot better. Because imagine if someone gave you feedback every single day for the next 20 years, imagine how incredible you would be um, if you took that feedback, internalized the good of it uh, and, and said, okay, I'm going to go and implement that every single day for 20 years. Imagine how amazing of a person and a human being you would be. Um, so that's what we look to do. It's hard, but that's what we look to do. And I've learned a lot from Heather on this front. And I also say too, if I come up with something, I also say, guys, up me. You got to up me. Up me all the time. Because when I get upped, it's the best thing in the world. What's upping you? Like, it ups me. I'm like, yes. What does and it mean, I, upping like, you? Like upping her, like having a better idea than she just had, right? Yeah, oh, gotta, like one up your up. idea. Yeah, be upped. Wow. That's the goal in life is always to be up because it's like, oh yeah, that's better. Let's do that. Well, because yeah. it's always a building block, right? Like yeah. you could say, how about we do this? And then all of a sudden Trina goes, wait, that's a good idea. But even better, we do that. It's like, exactly. it, that's what a partnership yeah. is, yeah. right? You, you're assisting. You're, you're assisting the goal there. So it's like a two-person It's a two person job. So kind of in that, in that vein, what would you guys say? It's a big question, but what would you say is, is some really important, helpful advice you've been given right. that you if there live was by one piece of advice. Like what was the best piece of advice on this journey? It doesn't have to be one. It doesn't have to be one. Um, I mean, I, honestly, I think and it's cause I work so closely with her, but Trina is the most disciplined and consistent person. I know she's extremely disciplined. Um, and I think maybe it's not like verbal advice, but if you watch her and you see how she works, it's, it's amazing. Um, it's an art. And, and she never breaks. I was actually just telling her this morning. I was like, you're always, you're always just on. You're every, even the doors are closed. She's always on. She's always consistent. And she has so much discipline. Um, and I really respect that. And I think that advice was probably unspoken. Um, but it's, it's good advice to be super disciplined and, uh, and just keep going at it every single day. So it's consistency. Right. So your co-founder just inspires you by just watching her. It's not even yeah, anything she it's said. About, it's just yeah, watching yeah, her work ethic. Because we're, we're we are we are so different, and I think, um, and I think, yeah, I, I I love that about Trina. I love that she's she is like that day in and day out. And then maybe that's why you can't get a hold of her. I wish I could say that about my business partner. I wish I could say that about my business partner. I just I'm so inspired. I just watch you every day, and mm-hmm. it makes me better. I wish I could say that. All but, right, Trina, but I can't. Yeah, I mean, I think. Um, all right, I'll throw it back at you. Uh, Heather. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> the love fest. The love fest. Um, no, I think, you know, the advice is what I learned from Heather in particular uh, is to not care, back to people pleasing, is not to care so much about what other people think about you and to not care about what people say. And, you know, even early on, we had a lot of investors that didn't believe and, and, um, and you know, 
this concept of trying to please people is a losing battle. And if you uh, are, if you fail miserably, which you might, right? It's not going to matter. They're going to think you suck, right? And you're going to, and if you are successful, they're all going to say, "I was such a big part of it, and success has many fathers, and everyone, everyone did it, right?" And so, like caring so much about what other people think about you, and, and Heather has this amazing ability to to drown out the noise and focus on what matters. And so, if you drown out the noise and you and you don't worry so much about what this person says or what that person thinks, and you just focus on, I say the work, but it means like how you're showing up in the world, how you are serving, what you're creating, what you're shipping, all of these things that you're doing every day. If you focus on that and not the noise and the drama and the dynamics, we really try hard or I try hard not to focus on it. Heather has an amazing ability to just drown it all out. Um, you are able to do the thing that you're, you are, you know, sound maybe spiritual, but put on the planet to do. You are, you're able to do all the things you set out to do. And so, um, I think that's the best advice for me, at least seeing her, uh, not, not, uh, focus on what matters, um, and not listen to all the, to all the noise. We talk a lot on the podcast about balance and the pressures of being a woman and the clock that biologically has been fucking forced upon us that we have no control over. Mm -hmm. And I'm just curious, you know, and you guys are really private people. There's not a lot about you out there. It's also important to mention, they don't really, they don't do podcasts. Their team around them was like, you guys don't do press. Like, you're not doing this fucking podcast. And you guys were like, no, we're friends with them. We have to, or we'll, they won't be friends with us anymore, <laughs> which we wouldn't if you hadn't have done it. So we take things very personally. I never, I'm very unforgivable. Um, unforgiving. Unforgiving. But like, do you guys think about that? Or are you just, you're both in your 30s. 30s is the time that your career is, you know, usually hitting its stride, but yeah. also it's those last egg years, you know? And it's like, that's what you're supposed to settle down. So, I mean, Close. biologically we're fucked, which is just so upsetting. But how do you deal with it? Because you're both women and you're in your 30s and you're focused on your business. How do you balance how, it? What is that balance? Uh, you know, so first off, to your point, we don't do a lot of this and we definitely don't talk about our personal lives, but <laughs> I, I appreciate it. So we're <laughs> going to go there. So I love that about both of you. Um, so, I mean, I think for me, um, you know, I'm single, I, you know, date, it's not like I'm like a hermit, but I do think, um, living in LA, having a really strong fam, like strong, uh, a great family and relationships with friends and this business, right? Like it is all encompassing. But because of that, it's the most amazing and fulfilling thing. There's never a time where like, oh, I wish I would do this or I wish I would have that. Um, you know, I have, I, I'm so fortunate. I'll only speak for myself. I'm the luckiest person alive. I have the best. Uh, the fact that I'm able to do what we get to do every single day is such a blessing and, and it's so incredible and I wouldn't change any of it. You said something to me once. I said like, oh my God, like, are you so stressed? And you said to me, you go, no, I'm not stressed. And, and there is something really interesting to that because look, family and kids and all that shit is really stressful. Like I am not, I don't have a company on the scale of your guys' company, but I work really hard and I have a lot going on and I'm stressed all the time. The balance is really hard for me. It really is. And when I'm killing it at work, I'm failing at home. And I think about that a lot. Like I drop my kids off at school and they're like, you haven't picked me up in a really long time. And then that totally fucks me up for the day. And then I'm not as focused in this meeting. Mm -hmm. So there is something to 
We are at a point where women are waiting longer. Women are starting families in their 40s, and we celebrate that. And, like, if you could focus on your career your entire oh 30s without kids and a family and, like, a relationship, then what a dream. If you I could own just, figs. If, if I just, would have figs. Yeah, if that decade was just devoted to work for your in your 30s, we would just be killing it. I started having kids at 29. I mean, what the hell? Like, yeah, you it, were, I don't know what you're thinking. Anyways, I don't know. Heather, what about you? In your 30s, you can do both. You can choose no, to of have course. a successful career and you yeah. can choose to have a family and have kids. Of course. Um, I, I, you can, you really can. I don't think it's one or the other. I think I chose one because maybe I didn't have that other person in my life yet. Um, but I do believe in science as well. And I think science is a, is a big thing. We also talk about the importance of our female friendships, right? Do you, and how hard it is to maintain, it's hard to maintain relationships. If it's a romantic partner, if it is your friend, whatever it is, it's so hard. And my girlfriends for me are such a source of happiness and they just make me so happy and I need them so much. And I I miss, I, I, I miss those real, I'm failing at those relationships, right? Cause I'm like working all day and then I've got the kids and, and do you guys like prioritize those relationships? Like those platonic, just like your girls, right? Like, do you, do you guys feel like shit? Like I've married to this job. Like I, I haven't seen this girlfriend in a long time. I, I do you guys like go on like f- girl dinners? Do you take girl, girl trips? Like, what do you guys do? Because I'd like to be invited on them if you are if you are doing that. I do. So, I, yeah. So, my girlfriends, I do do girl trips. And, and most of my girlfriends are married or they have babies. But we go anyway. We do it once a year. And it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, but there's so much going on. Like, if you, you, you both know, right? Like, if there were 50 hours in a day, you would fill them. If there were 100 hours in the day, you would fill them. So, I think, you know, there's always something to do. There's always something to make better. There's always, that's what the, that's why the job, that's why this job is the best job ever. And like, you're so stimulated by what you do. You're so like driven by it. I mean, it's such an exciting time, which do you hate the weekends or do you love the weekends? I hate the weekends. I do too. I do too. Oh my God. You guys are freaks. <laughs> Like, I look forward to Monday mornings. Oh, my so God. Much. You guys, what's wrong with you? I feel like Heather likes the weekends. I feel like you go to, like, Africa. You're into, like, the elephants and the rhinos Ooh, and she's shit. She's going to Africa on a weekend? Oh, I would totally go. I mean, I just, I just got back from Europe. but It I, takes a I full love, weekend to get to Africa. Every day. I don't see a difference, really, in any in any day because it's uh, I, I'll do what I want during that day. If it's a Monday or if it's a Sunday, um, I usually carry on just as any day. Um, obviously there's different vibes for days. Like Sunday's a little bit slower, but yeah, no, I, I think going back Heather's to Heather's the most unique individual on the planet. Uh, the world is, <laughs> it's like Heather's world. Like there are no days. Like, it's just like, she just wakes up and is like, this is what's happening. But it's planned. I'm very planned and organized. I mean, there's, there's just so much, so much to do, right? I mean, there's so much to do. There's so much to conquer. There's so much, there's so many people to meet. There's so many cool things to go to, there's, I don't know, great conversations. It's hanging out with you guys on a Tuesday. So what are you guys excited about for the business? What are you excited about? By the way, I don't know if you're looking for any new designers to come in, but I would love to design like some like fun prints. Like I want to do- Why are you like, what the hell? I mean, my relationship. I'm just saying that like I looked on the website and everything looks really beautiful. Obviously like, it's not for me because I, I can't wear that stuff. But like, I mean, I could actually. Um, so what are you excited about for the business besides all the prints that we're going to do together? And me being on your board. Okay, keep going. You know, when we set out to 
disrupt this industry. There are so many things that we wanted to do. And I think we've scratched 1% of all the things that we wanted to do. Um, and so it's, it's endless. I mean, there's endless things to create from a product standpoint. Um, there's endless, you know, one of the things that we're really excited about that's been more challenging during the, this pandemic is we used to do a lot of in-person events and a lot of, uh, we call it, we have an immersion where we take 50 healthcare professionals away to do yoga and meditation so they can serve themselves. So they can go back and serve everyone and, and, and kind of regain that, um, that, that, you know, that boost of energy, if you will, you know, and so that was really important. So we're looking forward to doing that uh, and really reconnecting in person. Um, from a product standpoint, uh, we have so many things in the pipeline, um, but you know, it's just exciting. We have a, you know, a 300 person team that every day everyone wakes up and is like, how are we going to, uh, blow people's minds and get into their hearts and souls and, and kind of change how they feel. So it's, it's really cool. I will say I walked in and my, um, eye doctor was wearing like electric. He's not attractive. And he, he doesn't listen to this, so it's fine. But I he's going to say, he's going to be listening no, no, to yeah, no, He so will not. He's not attractive. He's, he's, he's like older or whatever. But he was wearing the electric blue freaking head-to-toe scrubs. Beautiful and I, color on I him. found him attractive. Beautiful For color For the first time, he was wearing the electric blue scrubs, and I took a second look at him. I was like, you know what? You're attracted to him now. You yeah. just say, peace out, Tommy. We're like, peace out, Tommy. Yeah. I mean, not to that level, you know. But there's you probably not a future for me and my eye doctor, but there was a minute where I thought, I could set you up with somebody. Like you are yeah. blue is a beautiful color. Blue on is a really he, I, everyone looks good in blue. Yeah. So you know Figs what? almost got him laid. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Not by, by me. By you? No, not by me. But I thought about anyways, we'll go back to that. We only have you guys for two more minutes. So I want to know, and this doesn't have to be long. Any tips? We get a lot of young girls writing us, girls who are on the cusp of graduating college, who are like, I don't have a fucking clue what I want to do, right? You're seeing that more and more, like people not knowing, right? Not figuring it out till later. Do you have any tips for a fresh university graduate who really just like lacks specific career goals? Like what is your advice to that girl or boy? I think a lot of times people say uh, something like, you know, follow your passion. Um, and I think it's really hard at that age, at least for me, because uh, I didn't know what I was passionate about. Um, and so for, you know, what I would say uh, to young people that are looking to figure that out is to uh, go to the position that you think you're going to be challenged the most and that you'll be able to learn the most in the shortest amount of time. And for me at the time, that was investment banking. I started my career in investment banking at City, uh, And that was an incredible experience only because I was able to compress you know, 20 years of learning into two and I didn't sleep and all of the things. But um, I think that was, uh, for me, a really uh, eye-opening experience so I could figure out what I was passionate about. I could figure out what I liked, what I didn't like, the type of environment I liked working in. Um, and so, you know, that's what I would say. And I would say that um, if anybody gives you this advice, do not listen. The advice is, if somebody says to you, have patience, absolutely not. Not okay. You should not have patience in any way, shape, or form. Because if you Google the word patience, Webster says patience is to accept or tolerate delay, which is crazy. Even if you're not an entrepreneur, it doesn't matter, but you can never accept or tolerate delay. So being patient is not something that so go I out and get patience. the thing you want. Go out and get the thing you want. Patience is not a virtue. Oh, patience is not for Heather. No, but it makes sense. Yeah. But you got to go, yeah, you got to go out. You got to just kind of, you got to try new things. Um, there's actually something funny I was reading that I, that I wrote when I was 
in college and I said, and I can't believe I wrote this. Um, <laughs> it said something like, um, if you fail for the, I should look this up, but if you fail uh, uh, for at the first time, at the first time you do something and you fail, skydiving is not your thing. I was so harsh. Like that is such a harsh thing to say, but that I think that's harsh. how I trained myself when I was younger. It's like, you got, you, you really just, you know, try not to fail, but if you do, it's okay. Right. And at the end of the day, guys, when we're like 90 and we're in that home that I'm sure my kids will put me into, <laughs> um, we're not like laying there going, God, like, ugh, why did I do that job when I was there? You're lying there going, shit, why didn't I do that? Right? Like you, you you're gonna like you're we're not gonna regret the dumb shit we did or the great things we did. We're gonna regret the things we didn't do. And I think it's just like you, I hopefully will hopefully you I love will ending with that. I love this. <laughs> I want you to have a little regret about some of the things you've done you've done. Oh, Aaron says for me on my deathbed, I will be regretting the things I did. I think Thank she you. Should, she should have some regret around the things she chose to do. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's kind. I think that's a great that's a great segue into by the way, I never even told the story about how we met. I was really excited. Everybody was talking about the IPO. Everyone was posting about it. It was like a historical moment. Oh, I remember as you looked, you go, Oh my gosh, she follows me. And I was like, I'm gonna message them. Mm -hmm. And I looked you both up. Heather, I don't think you did follow me. You <laughs> might have. I just don't Hurtful. remember. It was, so I said, guess what? Going into Trina's. <laughs> going into those DMs. I holy. remember you going, she follows me. Like, Trina she? follows me. Because you don't follow that many people. Like you were I like, know. I follow about a hundred people. Yes, exactly. And I go, oh my God, I'm going to just message her. Which is like, you know, I don't just like message people. It's so like for me, I'm so nervous. I'm like, what if they don't respond? What if they're like, lose my number? You're a loser. And I just wrote her and I just was like, you're amazing. You and your partner are freaking amazing. Congratulations. Like, thank you for just being such an incredible example for all of us. And I'm so inspired. And would you ever do our podcast? And she responded and she was like, absolutely. And I died. And no, then we wrote, met. Yeah, and we had wrote, I'm obsessed with you and your sister. Yeah, you did say that. Yeah. And I don't know why I wasn't at that lunch. Where was I? I don't know if we invited you. I wanted, you are oh. very talky. When you're there, it's like, I can't get a word in. And honestly, we had an amazing, calm, peaceful lunch, just the three of us. Mm. And it was beautiful. And if you were there, I don't know if it would have been as great. Right, got it. Okay. Erin, let's set up something separate. Thank Whoa. you for feeling exactly how I was feeling. Um, Guys, thank you so much for your time. You need to go and like save the world now and do all those things. We're going to get like a Goop Kitchen Chinese chicken salad and mm -hmm. go on Instagram. But we... Similar, um, similar paths. Yeah. Similar to what the rest of your day looks like. Um, Thank you guys. Thank you guys so much. This is so inspiring and you are so impressive and wonderful and beautiful. And we're so grateful that you took the time to do this. And I want to be friends. Just going to go out there oh, and say we it. So we want to be friends too. Thank you so much, you guys, for just even taking the time and hanging out with us for this last hour. Adore cool. you both. And you can go back to being like private people who don't do interviews. We would exactly. appreciate that. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Bye, guys. guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye. If you like this podcast, leave a rating and review. This podcast is executive produced by... Can you not use that voice? I'm sorry. I'm trying to sound... Yeah, but you don't need to make it sexy. This podcast is executive produced Just by... Be, can you... Do you have a normal voice? Yeah. Aaron Foster... Sarah Foster and Allison Bresnick. Okay, I'll take over. Our, Our associate, associate producer is Montana McBearney. Our audio engineer is Josh Windish. This show is hosted by Simplecast. See, that didn't sound nice. That sounded great.